This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. It is just after 3 o'clock, the hour of great mercy here in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Uh, Before I get into this message, being the fact that it is 3 o'clock, just after 3 o'clock, we are in the hour of great mercy. What does that mean? It's one of the great gifts that Jesus uh, gives to us. And I really, uh, uh, today's message is called Becoming a Man or Woman After God's Own Heart. And right now, because of the time, I would be negligent in my duties if I didn't teach very quickly what the Hour of Great Mercy is. Here's what Jesus says about the Hour of Great Mercy. I'm taking this from the Diary of Divine Mercy, where Jesus appeared to St. Faustina from 1925 to 1938 in Poland and one uh, and during these 13 years one of the great gifts of these 13 years is exactly what I'm going to read to you every day between three and four what Jesus refers to as the hour of great mercy if you've never heard this before this can literally change your life if you have heard this before use this as a reminder and I'm teaching myself that as well by the way Jesus says at three o'clock Implore my mercy, especially for sinners. And if only for a brief moment, immerse yourself in my passion. Particularly my abandonment at the moment of agony. This is the hour of great mercy for the whole world. I will allow you to enter into my mortal sorrow. In this hour, I will refuse nothing to the soul that makes a request of me in virtue of my passion. Amen. I will tell you, I have seen miracles in my life during the hour of great mercy. I urge you with everything that you have to take a moment. uh, If you're hearing this live, uh, if you're hearing this whenever, the next time that the hour of great mercy, the next time there's that opportunity for you between three and four, uh, take Jesus at his word. He keeps his promises and ask him for whatever it is that you need, want, uh, desire, ask him in the hour of great mercy in virtue of, of his passion. Um, the request would obviously would have to be in accordance with God's merciful will. But I assure you, whatever you ask for, Jesus will not disappoint you. Jesus will not disappoint you. He's going to come through, uh, whether he's going to meet your expectations, exceed your expectations, or give you something that you maybe was different if it was outside of his will, but if it's something that's that you you will you will not be disappointed. I assure you, it will cause you to rejoice. And many times, many times, Jesus gives more than what we ask. Now, as I get into today's message, uh, one more thing I have to mention: this is the feast of Saint Catherine Drexel. St. Catherine Drexel is an amazing American saint. There's not many American saints. Uh, If memory serves me correct, I believe she's only, if I have this right, the second American saint. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, I believe, is the first. And uh, Mother Catherine Drexel became St. Catherine Drexel in 2000. I believe she's only the second American saint. I could stand corrected in that. And obviously, I hope as time progresses, more and more American saints are being added uh, to, to the register, if you will. Um, but I have to tell this story regarding St. Catherine Drexel. First of all, she's from the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Passed away in 1955. She was born of a very wealthy 
uh, Philadelphia family. Now, um, she had basically, to, to keep it real simple, she basically gave away all of her money and decided to enter the convent and follow Jesus. And this is a decision that, uh, you know, obviously was she, she put her faith, her faith com- into complete and total action and transformed many, many, many lives uh, through her generous donations and through her faith. And I guess it would be called her shrine was was not far from here, not just a few miles from where I'm doing this very podcast, this very show. And she was born not far from where I'm from. Uh, I'm from Havertown, Pennsylvania. And that's why I want to tell this quick story. So I'll rewind back to, it had to be 1988, uh, perhaps 1989. I was in fourth or fifth grade at Sacred Heart School in Havertown, Pennsylvania. And I still remember, I think it was a Friday, uh, we had a visitor. His name was Hugh Downs from 2020, ABC's 2020. And he was there to meet with our pastor, Monsignor McGrath. Now, Monsignor McGrath was our pastor at the time, and he was on the committee looking into the then beatification and then obviously moving on to the canonization for sainthood for St. Catherine Drexel. So it was a really cool thing because the cameras were there and Hugh Downs came in from 2020, a national show, and he was there to meet our pastor, Monsignor McGrath, looking into this canonization. And obviously now it would only be, what, 10, 11, 12 years later, where then St. Catherine Drexel was then uh, canonized as saint by then... St. John, well, by then Pope John Paul II, now St. John Paul II. And I just think it was a really cool story because I remember it so vividly. And when you're, when you're, when you're a kid, especially, uh, you know, um, I could say, I, I mean, I, I remember watching Hugh Downs. I was kind of, to an extent, starstruck. It was a pretty cool experience. But I had to reference that. So happy feast day to uh, the great St. Catherine Drexel. Not only a great American saint, but really a, 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 a legend uh, of our time in terms of how to, how to put your faith into action. So moving into today's message, it's called Becoming a Man or Woman After God's Own Heart. Becoming a Man or Woman After God's Own Heart. Now, I'm taking the origin of this uh, because I recently joined a group within our parish. What a gift it is, is that we have... Uh, perhaps you're familiar with that, the group, that man is you, that man is you. It's a, uh, it's an evangelical, uh, group, Catholic group that is, that is a men's group with it. That is, that is really taking root in parishes across the country. And I'm literally witnessing it, leading men back to the church. It's, it's, it's an awesome gift. So right now, one of the things that we're focused on is the message is becoming a man after God's own heart. So obviously, uh, we have you know listeners of of uh, both you know uh, both men and women listening. So clearly, becoming a man or woman after God's own heart would make reference to today's message. If we're serious about that, and I hope that we are, it would make sense logically to ask ourselves: Well, if we're going to become a man or woman after God's own heart, we would have to first ask ourselves the question: What's God's heart like? What, what, is, what is God's heart? What is God's heart like? If we're going to follow his heart, right? So the, then the next logical question is, does Jesus ever speak about his own heart? Is there an area that we can find where Jesus says, well, here's what my heart is like? Because if we're going to be serious about that, that would make sense to investigate that claim and then follow the lead of Jesus. And by the way, 
That is a great thing for us to do in all things, is to ask ourselves a very simple question. What does Jesus say about this or that? Because too many, because the reason that is, is because Jesus is the source of truth. He is, in fact, a source of truth, right? His words are truth. He says that he is, in fact, the truth. Therefore, every word that comes forth must be, therefore, true. Hence the podcast, hence the book title, Jesus Only Speaks the Truth. Anything that goes against the words of Christ must be, by definition, untrue, right? So, is there a place where we can find where Jesus defines what his heart is like? Now, the great news is we don't have to sit here and and guess or, or speculate. Our Lord actually identifies exactly what his heart is like in the Diary of Divine Mercy. Now, I already referenced what the Diary of Divine Mercy is, and I'll get right into the reading. This is towards the very, this is the latter part of St. Faustina's life, where Jesus is, he's giving her conferences before the end of her earthly life. Now, remember, all these words in this diary, as Jesus declares, are not just for St. Faustina, but for all of us. Our Lord makes that abundantly clear. He actually tells St. Faustina to write down every word because it's meant for a great number of souls who will profit from it, meaning these words of Christ. So here's what Jesus says about his very own heart. I'm going to quote verbatim. Jesus, and I remember he's speaking to St. Faustina. Jesus says, My daughter, know that my heart is mercy itself. From this sea of mercy, graces flow out upon the whole world. No soul that has approached me has ever gone away unconsoled. All misery gets buried in the depths of my mercy, and every saving and sanctifying grace flows from this fountain. My daughter, I desire that your heart be an abiding place of my mercy. I desire that this mercy flow out upon the whole world through your heart. Let no soul who approaches you go away without that trust in my mercy, which I so ardently desire for souls. Jesus then goes on to say, Sooner would heaven and earth turn into nothingness then would my mercy not embrace a trusting soul i'll say that last part again jesus says sooner would heaven and earth turn into nothingness than would my mercy not embrace a trusting soul amen So think about that for a second. What's Jesus asking us to be? He's asking us to be a trusting soul. If we are a trusting soul, his mercy, he's guaranteeing his mercy to embrace us. That's where all good things come. That's, we find out in this diary that Jesus says that is in fact God's greatest attribute is his mercy. That's where all the miracles come from, his mercy. What is the source of his mercy? The source of unfathomable mercy is, in fact, his heart. Jesus says that. What do we have to do? Be trusting souls. So what I want to do right now is is move kind of into the next section of this as we, we then have to ask ourselves, 
Okay, so if the case is that we want to become like God's own heart, become men or women, become a man or woman after God's own heart, the next logical question will be, well, then how do we make our hearts like God's heart, right? How do we do that? It seems impossible, right? Well, that's exactly right. It wouldn't be possible for us to do it. We're not capable of transforming our own hearts. Only God can do that, right? That is that is something we, we actually, the first thing to recognize is that we're not capable of doing that ourselves. Remind ourselves in Scripture what Jesus says at the Last Supper. You know, without Him, we're not able to do anything. So we're not going to, by definition, we're not able to transform our own heart. That is, we have to ask God to do that. So what I want to do is I, I want to go back to really what predates the divine mercy apparitions, and that's the sacred heart apparitions. The sacred heart apparitions occur in the 1670s. Jesus appears to St. Margaret Mary. So this is, you know, hundreds of years before the diary of divine mercy, before the divine mercy apparitions. And this is really, uh, this is, Really, now the, the Sacred Heart apparitions, the very, they had started, they had actually started, I believe, uh, I think it might have been 354 years before that. I have to double check the number exactly with St. Gertrude the Great. I guess it would have been in Germany. Uh, don't quote me on that exact fact where it took place. But St. Gertrude the Great had Sacred Heart apparitions as well. But really, what took the Sacred Heart apparitions where it really became to have a, a, a public devotion was in the 1670s where Jesus is appearing to St. Margaret Mary in France. So one of the principal parts of the Sacred Heart apparitions is that we're to, we're to consecrate ourselves, oneself, to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And by doing that, by asking Jesus that we would be, with his permission and his grace, be consecrated to his most sacred most merciful, most joyous, most generous, most miraculous heart, which is, as we find out, is the source of all blessings, then, then our hearts can be transformed. So we have to ask ourselves, is there, is there any specific prayers that we can then say? If now we've recognized that we are not capable of doing this by ourselves, but then by God's grace alone can it be done by God, by God's permission. And I want to read a very simple but profound consecration prayer. Uh, I'm reading from the prayer. This is a booklet that I have. This is from the uh, Priests of the Sacred Heart from Wisconsin. And in the opening pages, there's a consecration prayer uh, to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And I'm going to read that verbatim. As a matter of fact, why don't, I, why don't, we, why don't we say it together? It's, it's very quick, but very powerful. And within this consecration, you'll hear uh You'll hear us, we're literally asking Jesus to make, if he would make our hearts like his heart. Okay, so we're going to accomplish this goal. So you, please, please join me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Merciful Jesus, with your grace and with your permission, we consecrate ourselves today and always to your most sacred and merciful heart. Most sacred heart of Jesus, we implore that we may ever love you more and more. Most sacred heart of Jesus, we trust in you.
Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, please bless us, please protect us, please exalt us. Sacred heart of Jesus, we place our trust in you. Sacred heart of Jesus, we believe in your love for us. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like your heart. We humbly ask all of this of you, Lord Jesus, in your holy name, as we confide our intentions to your most sacred and merciful heart, O Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this prayer is, is a simple but yet profound consecration prayer. Now you may ask yourself, okay, why? And we talk, we've been talking a lot about this at our men's prayer group. Why? Why do we do this? What is the origin? And that's, I think that's critically important to ask that question. And, and if we find out that the origin is from Jesus himself, well, then we're going to be more enthused, right? We're going to be more uh, committed, more determined to complete that mission rather than if we knew if it was just some, some, some man that decided that this is good for you or this is good for me. So why do we consecrate ourselves to the sacred heart of Jesus? Well, first of all, it's a, I think anyone would agree it's, it's a beautiful and powerful prayer. But I want you to know that this is not something that, that, that I just said, well, this is a good idea, or some, some man said, or some woman said, this is a good idea. No, Jesus himself said it. In the sacred heart apparitions, I want you to hear, I'm going to read some of the promises that Jesus made about the consecration. Uh, now, first of all, I want to do this, and I want to I, I want to introduce this book because I know it may seem like I'm going back a bit, but I, I think it's critically of critical importance to find out the origin of this book. Now, first of all, it's written by Father John Crusay, I believe it's pronounced, who was the actual spiritual director of St. Margaret Mary in the 1670s during the Sacred Heart Apparitions. And I want you to hear this. This is on the back of the book. The devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus was actually commissioned by our Lord himself through St. Margaret Mary. As the author neared completion of it, the saint told him that our Lord said it was so completely in accord with his wishes that it would never be necessary to make any changes in it. Later, she revealed to Father Crusay that it was our Lord himself who had inspired him with the ideas in this book and that it was so pleasing to him, to Jesus, that none other but himself could have arranged everything so much to his wishes. Amen. So understand this is what's, what's happened here is that literally Father John Crusay writes the book. He actually presents the manuscript to St. Margaret Mary. And she presents it to Jesus, and Jesus says, I'm paraphrasing to some extent here, but yes, that's exactly what I want. Move forward with the book. Okay, so Jesus has given this book, what I'm about to read to you, his absolute stamp of approval. So when we ask ourselves, well, why or where is this coming from? What is the origin? Jesus said, yes, this is, this is good, this is wholesome, this is holy. Read this, do this. So what does Jesus say about the consecration? In effect, what did we just do? I want you to hear this. In this book, which has the stamp of approval from Jesus Christ himself, 
on page 243, it says promises attached to the consecration to the sacred heart. So I want, I'm going to read that right now. I'm right now I'm toying with the idea. Do I do I want to do I want to just set this up slightly with where the the way the way to make this consecration most powerful? And I think the answer is yes, I, I need to do that. So right before that, actually, it actually reads promises attached to the worship of the image of the sacred heart. So you've all we've all seen pictures of the sacred heart of Jesus. Jesus makes great promises. If you simply venerate or honor an image of his sacred heart. Okay. And going back again, this goes back to last week's message. In the catechism of the Catholic Church, there are certain blessings, certain blessings that a lay person, a baptized Catholic, can bestow upon. And one is, is images. Okay. The Marians of the Immaculate Conception, the official promoters of the Divine Mercy message, suggest a, a blessing of this nature. And this is, if you have a picture of the Sacred Heart, if it's been blessed by a priest, fantastic. If it's not, you can do this immediately. Or if you print out a picture of the, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, a, a great prayer to say is, is exactly this. Lord Jesus, I seek your blessing upon this image. I'll say that again. Lord Jesus... I seek your blessing upon this image in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now we have every reason to believe that Jesus himself, by tracing your making the sign of the cross over the image, you have every reason to believe that Jesus himself is going to bless that image because that is part of our, uh, as, as a baptized Catholic, the catechism is clear that we have the ability to bestow certain blessings, and that is one of them. Blessings upon images of this sort. So Jesus doesn't actually require, he never says in this in this book to that I've ever seen, that we actually have to bless the image or that the image must be blessed by a priest. But it would always be, because it is such a, a quick and powerful thing to do, it would be rec it would be recommended to, to, to bless the image yourself uh, with, of course, the blessing of Jesus, if a priest can do it even better. And then, of course, that image is blessed. But listen to this, because and, and I'm setting up the consecration to this. Because the whole point is if we're going to become men or women, a man or woman after God's own heart, this is the direction we need to go. We've already first identified what is the heart of Jesus like? What is the heart of God like? The heart of God we already found out is, in fact, mercy itself. But then in order to become more like the heart of God or to become like that heart, we actually we have to lean on God's grace. And these, this is the formula. Find that image. Bless that image. And then go from here. Listen, as promises attached through, through that veneration of honoring the sacred heart of Jesus. Blessings, this is what it reads. Blessings promised to nations that put the image on the sacred heart on their standards. Our divine Lord does not wish to stop there. He desires, it seems to me, to enter with pomp and magnificence. Sorry. Our divine Lord does not wish to stop there. He desires, it seems to me, to enter with pomp and magnificence into the houses of princes and kings in order to be honored 
there as much as he was outraged, despised and humiliated in his passion, and to receive as much pleasure at seeing the great ones of this world abased and humiliated before him as he felt bitterness at seeing himself annihilated at their feet. Goes on to say, blessings promised to families where the image of the sacred heart is honored. Our divine Lord assured me that he takes a singular pleasure in being honored under the figure of his heart of flesh, the image of which he wishes to be exposed in public in order to touch the unfeeling hearts of men. Jesus promised that he would pour out in abundance into the hearts of all those who would honor his heart. All the gifts with which it is filled. And that everywhere this image is exposed and honored, it would draw down all kinds of blessings. I'm going to skip ahead to where it reads promises, blessings promised to individuals. This is to individuals who venerate the sacred heart of Jesus, the actual image of that heart. Jesus promised to pour out into the hearts of all those who honor the image of his heart all the gifts with which it contains. Jesus promised also to imprint his love on the hearts of all those who would wear this image on their persons and that he would destroy in them all disordered movements. Amen. See, so when we venerate the image of the sacred heart of Jesus, we're not just doing this because we think this is a good idea. No. No, we're doing it, in fact, because Jesus himself said, do this, and he's going to pour blessings upon you, upon me, upon those who would do this. And I can tell you in my life, this is true. Absolute and total truth. There's been times where I've just, I spent that time at adoring, honoring that image of the sacred heart of Jesus, and I've been filled with a profound sense of peace, just feeling so drawn, so close to Jesus, so close in communion with Jesus. So I can attest to the truth of this, and I wouldn't even have to. Jesus himself does. He says it. So moving into the consecration right now, and we're going to close here with the consecration in just a moment in terms of why we're consecrating and reading those promises that Jesus makes to those who consecrate to the image, to, to we consecrate to the sacred heart of Jesus. But it's best to do it in front of a, a blessed image of the sacred heart. In terms of the promises attached to the consecration of the sacred heart, this is a game changer right here. This, this right here, what Jesus is saying and what we're finding out through this, what St. Margaret Mary is writing, what Jesus has told her, what Father John Crusade is writing, what Jesus has given a stamp of approval, what you're going to hear is a game changer. Making this consecration, makes a, makes it makes all the difference. It's the difference, honestly, between winning and losing. That's how, that's how close it can be in life. And so what Jesus says is this, or pardon me, what St. Margaret Mary writes, what Jesus had told her is this. First of all, what's written here is this. This consecration rejoices the sacred heart and terrifies the devil against whom it is a powerful weapon. St. Margaret Mary writes, Let us renew often our consecration to the heart of Jesus 
and let us live that consecration faithfully. The sacred heart takes a singular pleasure in it. The devil has a most intense fear of the devotion to this loving heart because of the salvation of the multitude of souls which it affects in favor of those who consecrate themselves completely to the sacred heart for the purpose of loving it, honoring it, and glorifying it. Amen. The next promise is this. Consecration to the sacred heart is a sovereign remedy against mortal sin. I cannot believe, writes St. Margaret Mary, that those consecrated to the heart of Jesus will fall under the dominion of Satan through mortal sin. If having consecrated themselves to the heart of Jesus, they endeavor to honor it, love it, and glorify it by conforming themselves in all things to its holy maxims. Father John goes on to write, Consecration put souls on the road to perfection. He then goes on to write, Consecration will procure peace. He then writes, Consecration is the key which opens the sacred heart to us. And specifically, he writes from the words of St. Margaret Mary, Our Lord gave me to understand that he wishes to be known, loved, and adored by men. And for that end, he would give them many graces, provided they consecrated themselves to the devotion and love of his sacred heart. The final promise made to the consecration to those who consecrate, to those of us who consecrate ourselves to the sacred heart of Jesus is this. Consecration to the sacred heart is a pledge of salvation. St. Margaret Mary writes, There is no sure means of salvation than to consecrate oneself to the divine heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. The loving heart of Jesus will not allow any of those consecrated to it to perish. So great is his desire that his sacred heart be known, loved, and honored by his creatures. In this sacred heart they will find assistance during their life. In all their necessities, it will be their secure place of refuge at the hour of death, into which they will be received and protected from their enemies. Amen. In closing this message, okay, so you're hearing this message. You're interested. One's interested in becoming a man or a woman after God's own heart. We found out what Jesus says about his heart. His heart is mercy itself. We then ask ourselves, how are we going to become more like this heart? We, the best way is to begin a practice of devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus, to consecrate ourselves to the sacred heart of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, he's, we're going to, he's going to pour blessings upon us. Folks, I'm telling you, you're not going to be disappointed. You, a daily consecration of the sacred heart is going to change your life if you're not already practicing this devotion. If you already are practicing the devotion, I urge you to introduce someone to this devotion. Potentially share this message or share what, you're, share, share what Jesus says about a devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. Next message, I'm going to go into more promises of those devoted to the sacred heart of Jesus. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day. And I hope that you feel enthused 
and encouraged to begin a devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus immediately. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast.